Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Now shut up and drive. We are joined by Dave Humphreys from CompleteCar.ie to talk about cars and particular to talk about a subscription model that BMW have announced, which is basically 18 quid a month to have your driver's seat heated. How much do you want a warm butt? Me, all of the want. Uh, so Dave's going to explain what's going on. Dave, good morning. Hey, good morning. So this is really interesting. And I, I'm not sure exactly what the overall kind of motor industry's plan is, but it sounds like this might be a toe in the water to see the public reaction to subscription motoring. This is a bit of kite flying, yeah, okay. <laughs> as they say in political circles. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, as convenient as this might be pitched, it is all about making money because that's what they want to do out of this. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. So the idea that is that your car would come equipped with heated seats. Yes. But based on how much you pay, your, your heated seats will either be turned on or turned off. Yes. Basically, you can or can't use them. So... It kind of comes down to two things. First of all, making cars is very complicated. Right. That's a general given. And what makes them complicated is having so many different options. And yes. you know yourself, you go if you go into any online configurator, there's so many different, you know, gadgets and gizmos and all that kind of stuff. What car manufacturers want to do is they go, hey, we're making all these different cars. Why don't we just if we can make one or two types of car and have everything on it, it makes us it makes it cheaper for us to buy all the bits off our suppliers because the heated seats. So every car would have by. heated seats, every car yes. would have a heated steering wheel, every car would have a heated windscreen, every car would have air conditioning, every car would have the whatever gearbox yes. and whatever infotainment system, but then remotely you could switch on and switch off the bits depending on how much the person's paying. Effectively, yes. So everything will already be there. Gotcha. And that's one of the big things about, for example, touchscreens now. In the past, you had loads of buttons. You had a heated seat button. Mm. Now they're kind of going, well, we, it's all done through the touchscreen, which means it's very easy just to remove that function. You're not looking at a button that's just suddenly a software not there. Update. Exactly. Yeah. So what they want to have is this kind of idea of a subscription model that maybe you might go, oh, it's 300 quid by heated seats, and you might go, oh, that's a bit much. But then again, you're not possibly probably not going to use them year round. No. But in October, you go, oh, Oh, I'd love to have heated seats and what the idea is you'll open up your you know, BMW or Toyota or whoever this car company is their app and go hey I want to buy this for a month or for three months or okay. whatever and then after that like immediately suddenly you hit purchase and then voila the it, appe- it appears there and you've got heated seats you see I think this is actually a really good way of doing it because you're right that's a perfect example of something that you will pay for right now if you want heated seats you pay for them in a bulk yeah. Buy when you buy your car, and then the you go into your dealer and you say, "I want the heated seats," and they say, "Okay, fine." They write that down in your order. Your order gets emailed to wherever your car is being yeah. built, and then they build your specific car. But then you are for seven, eight, nine months of the year not going to use those heated seats because it's just not cold enough. Yeah. And then when you do, you go, oh, "I'm so glad I got them." But then you realize, <laughs> yeah. but hang on, I paid three, four hundred, five hundred, whatever yeah. it would be for the heated seat option that you're only going to use it whereas this would be a much better way of turning things on and off like air conditioning for example in Ireland is obviously this week only like I sat in my car and drove for an extra 15 kilometres the other day just because I couldn't <laughs> face getting out of the heat with, with the absolute lowest air conditioning blowing on me but in reality you know full on air con low you're probably going to need that for, again for two months of the yes, year correct. you know max so why not use that as a 
as an option as opposed to having it all the time. The other thing as well is if you're, say you're buying a used car and you go, I, wait, I really want this model, I want this colour and I want these options. With this idea, in the future, you go you go to a car dealer and they might go, oh, we have this and this, but it doesn't have this option. They can go, oh, hang on, we can just add that option because it's yes. already there and we'll just unlock it. Or vice versa, you might see a car and go, oh, it has, I love that car, I want to buy it, but it has all these things, I don't really need them. And the car dealer could, in theory, go, okay, well, we could just magically remove those. Whereas in the past, you couldn't just take out heated seats or take out cruise control. No. Or, or in the future, autonomy is going to be a big thing. And that's a way how they're going to be able to introduce autonomy to cars that the cars will could have the technology. And say you're driving down to Kerry and it's going to be, you, know, you put it into your Google Maps or your Waze and it's like, oh, it's going to be five hours. It might pop up and go, hey, there's a lot of heavy traffic on the motorway all the way down. Would you like to have an automated function so, that I can drive the car and yeah. it's going to cost you 50 quid? And some people might go, do you know what? I'm going to try that and do it. So the self-drive capability of the car would also be potentially turn on and offable. Of course, yeah. You mentioned used cars there. There's an, an article out today uh, saying that the price of used cars has risen. Uh, it's from Dundee. They found that and that some stat like that there's 64% m- higher prices now than when the COVID-19 pandemic began on very specific cars in a very specific yes. bracket or whatever. But in a general sense, because we don't spend too much time on this, we want to answer listener questions too. Where do you see the used car market now? Are things going to change? It's at the moment, prices are stratospheric. Right. Uh, and you're looking at cars that are five, six, seven years old that are only a couple of thousand euros less than what they cost when they're brand new. Okay. And it's just, it's not the norm. A big part of that is there's supply chain shortages. So getting new cars is restricted. And when you can't get something new, the value of recent or used stuff starts to rise. I don't think it's going to last quite that long. I mean, I can't see how sustainable this is, the way prices are. So it might soften soon. I think it will start to soften. I, I, I I just don't see it as sustainable. And I'm not talking about really expensive cars. I'm talking about budget cars, like cheap, affordable, small hatchbacks, are outrageously priced at the moment okay and you know for people that want to upgrade a car or need to upgrade a car it's just it's far too expensive at the moment so hold tight for a little while if you can okay quick fire listener questions yeah uh, Ethna says trying to find a seven seater my head is melted what one is most efficient is good boot space when the seven seats are up comfortable for long journeys and won't cost a fortune and require a remortgage okay this is like the ultimate reader question yeah. we get this so often every day on complete car um, it's very tricky. So first of all, seven-seaters, people instantly look at SUVs. A lot of seven-seaters, a lot of SUVs are seven-seaters, but they're not really. They're kind of five plus two. Mm. The rear seats are usually very small, and often it almost leaves you with no boost. No boost, space. yeah. What I would suggest, there are a couple of SUVs that are very good. Peugeot 5008, it's been out for a couple of years now. That is one of the key models that has three independent rear seats yes. that can all have ice fix points. A lot of people like that very question. very rare. In fact, in, there, in, in it just came in a few minutes ago. Somebody exactly, asked me yeah. the exact so question. That, that, that's a big plus for that, but obviously you don't have as much boot space. But really, I would look at bigger MPVs, stuff like a Citroen Space Tour or you know, a Seat Alhambra, things like that. They're, the bigger ones. Like, they're not as trendy in people's eyes as an SUV, but they are infinitely more practical. Gotcha. Um, I have a diesel car, says Margaret. I used to do a lot of driving, but now I don't. I only now do less than 10k a year. What's my best option when I change car? It will not be a new car, therefore electric will not be an option, says Margaret. Okay, electric, I mean, yeah, electric, oh, I, well, electric wouldn't, wouldn't be, be an ideal. option. Well, 
maybe this person can't charge at home, okay. for example. Maybe yeah. they're on street parking. Um, also, electric cars are still relatively expensive, although they are coming down in price. I would say, given that sort of mileage you're doing, absolutely not being a diesel. Ideally, probably if that person is doing a lot of uh, urban driving mm-hmm. or, or town driving, a hybrid, or just a conventional hybrid, would probably be quite economical. If they're doing a bit more motorway work or you know higher speed driving, any sort of petrol car, like a 1.2 petrol, is you know quite common to totally have cars fine. like that. Yeah. They have plenty of power. I mean, turbocharged, smaller capacity engines now have plenty of power. So don't just look at a one liter car, a one liter engine and think, oh, it's not going to be enough. It probably will it be. It probably will be. Yeah. Uh, and then another one says, uh, last thing of getting a brand new car after saving for ages. Am I better off going for a basic brand new car or a secondhand car that has higher spec? Well, I off, my advice often is, if you if you want to have nice spec, try and get get one car smaller but more spec. If you know yes. what I mean. So if you're getting a rather than scraping into a BMW 5 Series, get or you know a, a, a bigger car, get one car smaller and have all and your get toys the spec, on it. Yeah. That said, at the moment the way the used car values are, I think you nearly it's not that much further to go go, and get go, go and get a new one, and then you're getting a brand new car, getting a warranty, getting all the cover. It's you know. Yeah, and, and you can have a bit more freedom of what you're going to choose. As I always say, the man speaks sense. That's Dave Humphreys from CompleteCar.ie. Dave, thanks for coming in and joining us as always. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today.